Higher Power Readings from Came to Believe Our concept of a higher power and God as we understand Him afford everyone a nearly unlimited choice of spiritual belief and action. Bill W. Our concepts of a higher power and God as we understand Him afford everyone a nearly unlimited choice of spiritual belief and action. This first reading in the book, Came to Believe, comes to us from Colorado Springs, Colorado. It's called My Friend. I recently made a friend of someone I wish everyone could know. This friend is never too busy to listen to me. My problems, my joys, my sorrows. He gives me the courage to face life squarely and helps me conquer my fears. The counsel I get is always good, for this friend is wise, patient, and tolerant. Sometimes they do not heed his advice, and then I must ask for and be willing to accept additional advice very humbly and sincerely. Regardless of the mistakes I make, my friend is always there, available to me at any time, day or night. I can talk, and he does not interrupt no matter how I ramble on. Sometimes while talking to him, I, I receive a resolution to my problem. Other times, just by putting my problems into words, I see how petty and unimportant it is. I feel as if my friend is holding my hand and gently guiding me if I will listen. I feel that when I do not listen, my friend is hurt, but never angry. My friend is with me at work or at home, my constant companion wherever I go. He is my higher power as I understand it. He is the God I know. Colorado Springs. Okay, the next one is an atheist journey. That's a long story from Sioux City, Iowa. Here we go. Four members of an AA group are called by a hospital as a last resort a token gesture to see a man who was nearly hopeless mental and physical state he was due to be committed to the state institution as an incurable alcoholic and almost certainly that would be his final home AA well he decided nothing could be worse than what he was facing so he agreed to listen in one condition he didn't want any of that God stuff. He was a professed atheist, and on that one point, he was clear. He had no intentions of changing, no matter what the consequences. The four men talked. He listened. And when they had finished, he was interested. There was still the big drawback, however. God, if that idea was part of the program, AA was not for him. The four men thought, and then suddenly one of them spoke quietly at first, unsure of how his new approach would be received. He pointed out the plight of the patient, his helplessness, his illness. As he talked, he became more certain that he was talking, taking the right path. He pointed out that he and the other three were sober and had managed to stay that way. They were working. They were happy. Surely this made them stronger than the patient. The patient couldn't argue that point. Well then, couldn't they be considered a higher power of a sort who possibly could help restore his sanity? 
Couldn't they be considered as a group of a higher power of a sort who possibly could help restore his sanity? He thought about this, and somewhere deep in the shadowy, confused recess of his mind, there flashed a faint hope. Yes, he told them, they could represent his higher power. He could turn his life over to their care. The four men looked at one another. At least it was a place to start, but it was, wouldn't be easy. Indeed, it was a long, slow process, but gradually the cobwebs began to clear. As the patient read more and more about AA, he eagerly looked forward to the visits from his first four friends and from other members of the group who were now coming to see him. Two, his body took much longer to heal than his mind, so it was a red-letter day when he was finally able to dress and say goodbye to the hospital and to all the all the doctors and nurses who had helped restore him to physical health. As he dressed, he kept thinking how different this was from the department he had almost made, departure, to the state institution. His trust, his belief in four men had made it possible, but could he stay sober outside these doors? Well, he'll do it today, anyhow. He threw himself into AA work with all the energy he could muster attending several meetings a week. His body still tired, his body tired quickly, but he was never too tired to answer a 12-step call. The memory of his first visit from AA and what it had meant to him would always be clear. One day, a call came for him to see someone who needed help. When he arrived, he discovered the fate had indeed dealt him a strange hand. The alcoholic he was visiting was a priest. He played that hand carefully and wisely, for it was a challenge unlike any ever he had ever faced or had ever imagined facing. He who had shunned this man's God must now find exactly the, the right words for communication. He fumbled for a start, and then suddenly it became easy to talk to the priest. This fellow alcoholic, a warm friendship developed between the two, and so it was a special joy when he became the priest's sponsor. They learned much from each other, or perhaps in each case, the knowledge had been there all along, just waiting for the right person to bring it to the surface. In his remaining years, this man was called upon many more times to help someone find the way to sobriety. Of these calls, two took him to the sight of other men of the clot who needed help. In these cases, ministers. Twice more, he was privileged to sponsor men of God, by now his God as well. He left this world He left this world after seven years of uninterrupted sobriety, a man of peace with himself and his higher power. His legacy is the same as that left by AAs everywhere, the world over more valuable than any earthly riches. It is a living legacy embodied in the men and women he has helped and in the alcoholics to whom they in turn have extended a hand. Sayak City, Iowa. The only reality is our next article. I'm so tired of wandering around in my dreams, yet my eye keeps driving me back to them. For me, the only way out of it is through God. He is the only reality there is, and everything else must start from Him.
AA Internationalist. As I give thanks to God for my wandering mind, my only reality is God. I habitually form this task of thanking God and getting a hold of my thinking. <clears throat> okay, reason for or conscience. This is from uh, Bulawayo, Rhodesia. Rhodesia. Reason or conscience. <clears throat> when I first heard the advice, listen to God, I looked around to see who was present. People who listened to voices were, I suppose, kept in some places at the expense of the state. Since I was already in one of those places, I figured that if I tried listening and someone in authority was watching me, I would not have a snowball's hope in the other place of ever getting out. Then one day came, I did try listening to God and found that He had been talking to me for some time about those checks I had cashed knowing that they would bounce, about those rotten lies I had told, about some relationship I would not have wanted made into a movie, about the selfishness of my ways and the grievous hurt I had inflicted on my friends and relatives. That's right. God talked to me through my conscience. Of, of course, when I was knocking off the hooch in a manner calculated to create an acute shortage of the stuff, a higher power does not exist for me. And the old conscience had a very thin time. When I came to believe, my conscience reasserted itself and now egged on my consciousness, I am endeavoring to make amends for all my wrongdoings in the past, as step nine suggests. Reason, or common sense if you prefer, is another method of finding out the will of God. But I prefer to rely on my conscience during my drinking days, my reason told me that I was jeopardizing my health, my job, my bank balance, and a host of other things. Where'd this ordinary human reason get me? It got me two slips of paper, one from my boss saying that he thought he could manage without my services, the other from the bank manager, reminding me that, although he had lots of money, he thought I had had more than my fair share of it. My reason brought me to a mental and physical breakdown, which led me to the spell in an institution. Human wisdom had failed. I, indeed, I needed a wisdom greater, far greater than my own. This I found when I found a higher power in my conscience. All I have to do now is assemble all the facts as I see them and let him mold them to a conclusion. All I have to do now is assemble all the facts as I see them and let him mold them to a conclusion. The conclusion at which I arrive is that God's power is shown through results. How many, more, how many times have we followed a course of actions on faith alone and then told ourselves when, when results verify the rightness of our action that we must be psychic Psychic nonsense. Have you ever been of two or more minds when trying to arrive at a decision and then suddenly found something quite circumstantial popping up to show you the way? I have. And to me, this is just one more item to be added to the long list of God's accomplishments. For me, guidance. <clears throat> I do not have to be guided to shave each morning. <clears throat> 
nor to have a bath, however occasionally, nor can I rely on supernatural intervention to help me slosh a golf ball the way it ought to be sloshed. But I have been guided to know that I must make amends for the grief and worry I, vis I visited on my loved ones during the dark days. When, in all humility, I try to pass our message on to other less fortunate alcoholics, I know that the plan of the higher power comes to us through the medium of people. To us alcoholics, this does not mean common or garden people, but special people such as other alcoholics. And I am guided to include among the people whom, from whom I might receive guidance, and to whom I must demonstrate the life of my consciousness or higher power. Those who marry me, love me, befriend me, and stuck by me, <clears throat> as others stuck by other alcoholics. It matters not whether reason or conscience showed me the way. I came to believe in a power greater than myself, and that has been my salvation. Bula Wayo Rhodesia. Amen. Our next article comes to us from Lakewood, Ohio. Inner Voice. Long before nagging and pressures from others concerning my excessive use of alcohol made any impression on me, the nagging voice of conscience, my own inner voice of truth and right, appraised me of the irrevocable fact that I had lost control of alcohol, that I was powerless. I know now that the inner voice was God, as I understand Him, speaking for as I had been taught from earliest memories and as AA has emphasized God, or good, emanates from within each of us. Amen. Next article is called Faith in People. This is from New York, New York. My parents gave me a faith that in later years I lost. No, it was not a religious faith. Though I was exposed to the teaching of two sects, neither was forced upon me. I simply drifted away through boredom, and my fragile, superficial belief in God vanished as soon as I tried thinking about it. It was a faith in people that my parents gave me, both by loving me and by respecting me as an individual entitled to make my own choices. This love I accepted and returned unquestioningly as a, as a fact of nature. Out in the world on my own, I still had a feeling of being under benevolent protection. My immediate bosses or bo of both sexes seemed to regard me as kindly as school teachers had. Oddly, my good fortune sometimes annoyed me. What is this, I asked myself. Do I arouse the maternal impulse? For there was inside me an element of war within, with my faith in people. It was a furious, stiff-necked pride and argue for total independence. With, with, with my contemporaries, I was always painfully shy, and even then I interpreted this handicap correctly as a symptom of egotism and fear that others would not agree with my own high evaluation of myself. That valuation certainly did not include a picture of myself as a drunk. Often I suspect that pride kills as many alcoholics as liquor does. I could 
have very easily have done one of the victims. I could have very easily been one of the victims. Um, because my reaction to fast progression alcoholism was chiefly a frantic effort to hide it. Ask for help? What an idea. The day came when my pride was squashed, flat, temporarily, and I did call for help. I call on people, strangers, but my pride, expanding as help returned, blocked my first two approaches to AA. During this interlude, non-alcoholic friends helped me too, unasked. After one more failure to regain my skill as a social drinker, I was convinced and I began my AA membership in earnest. Fortunately, I joined a group that devotes its closed meetings to step discussions. Most of the members had had their own concept of a personal God. The atmosphere of faith surrounding me was so marked that I thought at times I was on the point of joining in it. In it. I never did, and yet I found the steps revealing new depths of meaning with each discussion. Step 2. The power greater than ourselves meant AA, but not just the members I knew. It meant all of us, everywhere, sharing a concern for each other and thereby creating a spiritual resource stronger than any one of us could provide. Another woman in my group believed that the souls of dead alcoholics, including those of times before AA, contributed to this fountainhead of goodwill. The thought was so beautiful that I wish I could believe it too. At first, step three was simply the way I felt on now no hangover mornings of early sobriety. Sitting by my window on days that always seemed sunny, having no immediate prospect of employment and feeling perfectly happy and confident anyhow, then the step became a cheerful acceptance of my place in the world. I had no idea who or what is running the show, but I know I'm not. And I could also see step three as a good attitude, an effective approach to life. If I am swimming in salt water and I panic and start thrashing around and fighting it, it will drown me. But if I relax and have faith in it, it will hold me afloat. Though step four does not mention a higher power, to me the word moral carried an implication of sin, which in my book translates as an offense against God. So I regarded the inventory instead as an attempt to an honest description of my character. On the red side when qualities that tended to hurt people. By trying to live in the world rather than escaping from it. By trying to open myself up to other people rather than withdraw from them. I hope that this contact with my fellow human beings could, would somehow rub off the sharp, hurtful corners of my personality. Step 6 and 7. I am not sure that I was consciously working the steps, but they were surely working on me. In about the fourth year of sobriety, a trivial incident suddenly made me realize that my old boogaboo of shyness had disappeared. I feel at home in the world, I said to myself in astonishment. Now, some ten years later, I still do. In the 
in the whole measure of my life, the benefits of the AA experience had far outweighed the damages of active alcoholism. What was it that overcame my pride for the moment and made me reachable? The best answer I can find is what my father used to call the life force. He was an old-fashioned family doctor and has seen that that force springing up or failing many times. It is in all of us, I believe. It animates all living things. It keeps the galaxies willing. The saltwater metaphor applied to Sep 3 was not chosen by accident. For to me, the ocean is a symbol of this force. I come close to Sep 11 when I can contemplate an unbroken horizon from the deck of a ship. I am cut down to size. I feel serenely that I am a small part of something vast and unknowable. But isn't the ocean rather a cold symbol? Yes, do I think that it's an eye is on the minnow? That it is concerned about my individual fate? Would I talk to it? No. Once near the end of my drinking, I did address these words to something non-human. In the darkness before morning, I got out of bed, knelt, folded my hands, and said, Please help me. Then I shrugged it. I shrugged and said, Who am I talking to? And got back into bed. When I realized that incident to one of my sponsors, when I related that incident to one of my sponsors, she said, But he did answer your prayer. That may be, but I do not feel it. I didn't argue with her, nor do I attack the mystery with pure logic now. If you could prove to me logically that there is a personal God, and I don't think you can, I still would not be inclined to talk to a presence I couldn't feel. If I could prove to you logically that there is no God, and I know I can't, your true faith would not be shaken. In other words, matters of faith lie entirely outside the realm of reason. Is there anything beyond the realm of human reason? Yes, I believe there is something. In the meantime, here we are all together. I mean, all of us people, not just alcoholics. We need each other. New York, New York. Conversation. I believe that the AA program is simply the will of God being put to practical everyday use. And I think that the spiritual awakening is the realization that God will help the individual if the individual is completely honest in his efforts. If God were to enter my prison cell for a brief talk, our conversation might be as follows. God says, I had my eye on you for a long time, and I'm glad that you're finally trying to help yourself, myself, I'm trying hard, but truthfully, I am scared. God says, You keep trying and listen to the people that I have working for me in AA and heed their advice. I have to leave now, for I have a busy itinerary, but if you need me, I will always be near. Wapoon, Wisconsin. Our next article comes from Denning, New Mexico. It says, God is good. The title of it, God is good. Before AA, I could not or would not admit I was wrong. My pride would not let me. 
and yet I was ashamed of me. Caught in this conflict, I banished God from my life because I felt He asked me to adhere to a behavior pattern too high for a man of my human frailty. Somehow, I believed that there could be no forgiveness for any failure, that God required me to be all good. The moral of the story of the prodigal son eluded me. Since I thought trying was not enough, I stopped trying. That made me feel guilty for a while. Alcohol blotted out the guilt. Then alcohol became the greatest cause of my guilt. I had to be beaten to a pulp, physically, mentally, and emotionally, became back bankrupt in all facets of my being. Therefore, I could give up my pride and admit defeat. Unfortunately, admitting was not sufficient. My situation got worse until I had to surrender completely. From the depths of my hell, I called out, Oh God, help me. And he did, led me to a place where I could find a way out of the maze and then sent me a group of people to lead the way. I know now it took some time for my guys to get me to talk to God through prayer. Before then, I used the fellowship of AA and the people in it as my higher power. They were real, compassionate, and understanding. They, and then they made me feel welcome. But my distorted sense of justice told me there was no reason for God to forgive me. So I still felt ashamed and guilty when his name was mentioned. When I gave up completely and accepted the nature of my disease, as well as the full meaning of the first step, I had to have something bigger to tie to. The fellowship as a higher power just was not enough. I still use AA as a reminder that God exists, but I do not use it in place of God. So out of need, I came to believe. To go along with this step-seated belief in God, to go along with this deep-seated belief in God, I have developed an enormous faith in God. He is good. My understanding is that Everything he sends my way is for my benefit. But the growth of this understanding has taken time, as well as a relinquishing of my resistance to change. I needed the trials and tribulations I have had so that I could surrender and give up self. Only in complete acceptance of the utter defeat of my pride and ego could I begin to win. I am against goals which can be attained. People do not get married and live happily ever after. I could not dry out and live in utopia. Each day God gives us gives us new challenge. God gives us a new challenge every day. Sometimes it is prosperity, sometimes adversity. Prosperity can lead to complacency. Adversity, self-pity. Either one of these reactions is a luxury I cannot afford. I do not always fully accept my adversities as good while I am going through them. But the mere fact that I am now able to write these words proves the logic in my faith that God is good. 
It is strictly my opinion, based on my experience, that one becomes richer in spirit as one grows in spirit. The more I accept God, the more He gives me. As I become more appreciative to the benefits received, I try harder to show my appreciation. My capacity to be content with life as it is has greatly increased. Therefore, as time goes on, I become more able to be at peace with my fellow man, with God, and within myself. Deming, New Mexico. Our next article comes to us from Canton on the Sea, South Africa. I was born in Anglican Church of England. I was born in Anglican Church of England. And the following crops up in one of those in our services. Perhaps it's in the service of other denominations also. Therefore, with angels and archangels and the whole company of heaven, we loud and glorify thy name. Since I have no knowledge of heaven or the company kept there, whenever I repeat these passages of praise, I substitute the words and the whole company of Alcoholic Anonymous. Being an AA loner, I have felt very out of things and on my own, but I do believe in the power of collective thought, whether for good or evil. Thus, I believe that the collective thought of the body of Alcoholics Anonymous throughout the world must have some effect on alcoholics, whether they are aware of it or not. Canton-on-the-Sea, South Africa. Our next article is called Guiding Presence and comes to us from... Grand Island, Nebraska. In my early boyhood, reciting, Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep, and learning to sing, Jesus Loves Me, were part of my everyday life. Attending Sunday school and then church became an accepted one-day-a-week activity. How much these things affected my life as a small boy, I really don't know. But at any time when I experienced fear or trouble, I always turned to live to a live adult for comfort and reassurance. No doubt some of these childhood teachings remained with me through the years, even after I came to depend on the bottle instead, to comfort in times of trouble and for answers to my problems. But with increasing dependence on the bottle and the anguish, heartache, and loneliness that went with it, there seemed to be a sharp and total decline in all spiritual beliefs and feelings. I became a human paradox. In desperation, I would cry to God to help me out out of this terrible mess. In the next breath, I would damn Him for not helping me. On occasion, I would expound at great length to others that I was an atheist and did not believe there was a God. If there was, how could He let one of his own creation suffered so much and live in the hell that I was living in. Each day became so painful that at last I turned as a small, terrified child to a living, sober, sane adult for comfort and help. He took me to a place where I had vowed I would never go, a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. When the meeting was open with a moment of silence, I wondered why, but I was impressed. At the close of the meeting, I was shocked when they stood and began to repeat the Lord's Prayer. I tried to join them, though I had long ago forgotten the words. 
And again, I was impressed. In spite of having been thoroughly integrated a few hours earlier, I returned home feeling good. I seemed to understand that here at last was the hope and help I had been searching for. I fell into a deep, peaceful sleep that night while trying to recall the words of the Lord's Prayer. That first day and for some weeks following, I had the comforting feeling of never being alone. During every minute of every day, this good, strong, guiding presence seemed to be always with me. I couldn't see it, yet it was there. Never once I did tell anyone of this experience. Never once did I tell anyone of this experience. I was having, for I was convinced they would say that it was but a figment of my imagination, and that if I would just bear with it, my sanity would return in time. I wasn't so sure myself that there might be not there might not be something wrong with my mind even so i was delighted with what was happening to me and i wanted to continue if this was a sign of insanity i thought let me remain forever in this grasp one day i suddenly realized that this great invisible something or someone who was no longer by my side i felt momentarily lonely until i reasoned that this someone greater than myself had decided it was now time for me to face the new realities of a new life. But should I need some help along the way, I felt that he would always be close by as a small child who crosses the street alone for the first time knows that his mother is watching from his window. When through these personal experiences I came to believe that the divine architect had laid out a master plan that included me in my own small way. I found that I had a certain degree of sustaining hope to cope with everyday living in a sane and confident manner. Grand Island, New Nebraska. Our next article is from Marysville, Ohio, a living part of AA. God is a living part of AA. I feel His presence each time I look into the concerned eyes around me. His greatest commandment is, Love thy neighbor as thyself. This seems to me to be the entire purpose of AA. This seems to me to be the entire purpose of AA, Marysville, Ohio. Thank you very much for listening to this reading. As I came to believe... Published first in 1973 by AA World Services.